Hi, and welcome to the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Mike Luzabella. Today, we're continuing our conversation from last week with Mark Kutchner, a staff scientist at NASA Goddard, who helped find evidence of colliding planets around a particular kind of binary star system called Canum Veneticormis, or RS Canvans for short. RS Canvans are a pair of stars. One of them is a main sequence star. So, you know, it's similar in terms of its life, in terms of where it is in its life, to the sun. Uh, and the other component is an object that has just started to evolve off of the main sequence. So its nuclear fuel ha is mostly spent. We found that a uh, subgroup of RS Canvan binaries is a little bit too bright in the uh, infrared. And in this way, they resemble a class of other stars which is known to have uh, debris, uh, dust clouds orbiting them. And we think that the debris comes from, uh, from planetary systems. The change in gravity from the aging stars threw the orbits of the planetoids off kilter. They collided and formed a donut-shaped dust cloud. Kutchner explains what these dust clouds would look like if one were to travel there today. We think that it's essentially very sparse cloud. So if you were in the middle of one of these clouds, it would be like you were in the middle of a vacuum better than any laboratory vacuum on Earth. Uh, every now and then, one dust grain might come along and disrupt your, your nice clean vacuum. But by and large, if you were sitting in the middle of it, you wouldn't know. It's only stepping back and seeing the whole cloud from a distance that we can see just how much of that space junk there is. The total mass of the dust really amounts to about one decent-sized asteroid ground up into dust. The dust asteroid. is hot. It's hot as a, as a, as a nice white uh, light bulb uh, or a white kiln. It's hot as a kiln here on Earth. When matter heats up, it emits infrared light at wavelengths that can't be seen by the human eye. This radiation can also be harder to detect on Earth because our atmosphere filters out most incoming infrared light. The instruments on the Spitzer Space Telescope are built to detect these wavelengths. In space, there's no atmosphere to dilute the incoming radiation, giving Spitzer a crisp view of the solar system's many light years away. The Spitzer uh, Space Telescope has been a wonderful tool for searching for dust clouds uh, in the infrared, partly because it's cryogenically cooled. I mean, it has its own cryogen on board that uh, keeps the detectors nice and cold compared to the radiation that it's searching for, so it's very sensitive to this kind of emission. Kutchner explains his role in the project. So one of the things that I did with this collaboration was work up a model of what these things would look like. What I did was I, I ran on my computer uh, this model of the dynamics of dust grains orbiting the system. So I took some, some, some dust grains and I wrote down their equations of motion and I integrated them uh, in the vicinity of, of the binary star. In it's the not especially full of, of exciting features by itself. I mean, sometimes you make a model of a, of a disk around a star, or we use our imaginations to think of what disk around stars might look like. And, you know, we picture all kinds of spirals and clouds and exciting things. But the computer didn't say that. The computer said, well, it's pretty smooth, uh, but it's just got a hole in the side. But the nice thing, and it was kind of a shocking thing, actually, was that 
the size of the hole predicted from the dynamics was exactly the size that we inferred from the Spitzer observation. So Spitzer told us the temperature of the dust. And from the temperature of the dust and the brightness of the stars, that gives you a si the radius for the central clearing in the hole. And that matched very well what the dynamical model said. It's the kind of thing where you have to kind of like stick the computer, make sure it's make sure it's real before you trust it. But I trust in it, and it seems to be right. That's it for this week's Physics Buzz podcast. You can find us online with the rest of our podcasts at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>